Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is a podcast from Minute Media. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, wherever you may be. Welcome to the latest Wolves Fancast match preview episode. On tonight's episode, I've got with me Gully and Cheltenham Tom. We've managed to pull his, uh, he's got a little baby arm, so he's uh, behaving himself this year. Guys, first Gully. Sorry, mate. You totally dropped out on me there, so I'm not sure what's happened. How how are we? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? Not great by the sounds of this. Let's, can you hear me, Tom? I can just about hear you, mate. You're a bit laggy as well for me. All right. All right. Tom, Bear with, with me. I'll, uh, I'll try. Might have to carry the show here, Tom. <laughs> should we put you in the should we put you in the driving seat. Now yeah, put me in my paces there, mate. <laughs> there we go. Oh, he's gone for the he's gone for the mobile phone approach. We're going to have to just wing it this way, guys. Hey, it's still you. How, it's still how are we? Still all, the better, all the better now for the clear picture and audio, mate. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Right. As always, as, as I just mentioned, welcome to the latest preview episode. We'll be looking at Wolves versus Leeds this evening. Once I actually get my act together. But yeah, guys, important win over Everton on Sunday. What was your thoughts on the game, uh, Tom? Yeah, um... It was definitely a game of two halves. I think the first half, initially, I thought we set up wrong. Um, I thought that we showed Everton way too much respect. Um, but when we came out in the second half, it all kind of changed and Everton just dropped off completely their tenacity, the way 
they wanted to play just didn't happen and we just kind of suffocated them really. Ruben Neves had another great game and and the goal from Cody really did just completely deflate them. Um, I know, I think it was Cody at the end who said it was part of the game plan to play that way in the first half and then come out come out all, all, all guns blazing in the second half. But yeah, no, it was an interesting one. It was, it was a good one to watch. Um, but yeah, pleased with the result and Everton just yeah, more and more into that into that relegation battle. Golly, what was your thoughts? I know you released the uh, GTA fancast this morning. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think I agree with Tom in the sense that it felt like from the first half we we were paying them a little bit too much respect. It felt like we hadn't gone out to take advantage of their malaise. Um, to the extent that we 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 could and should have, um, but yeah, Bruno seemed to have a game plan. It worked. I felt as if we could have probably put our foot on their throat a little bit more, but it's not it's not the way really for us. You know, we we tried that first three games of the season and really going kind of hell for leather at teams, and we've not done it since. It's it's always been quite measured and methodical, and we just proved to be too good for Everton ultimately. And uh, yeah. The majority of that coming from Ruben Neves, who was incredible. Obviously, I didn't want you to be um, Captain Hindsight, but half-time tweet, Nuno Large. Was yeah. there a bit of humble pie afterwards? No, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't agree with that because if you look at it, it was right out the Nuno playbook, wasn't it? It was keep it tight first half, don't concede. And then come out second half and have a go, and that's exactly what happened. So, I think people took my tweet a little bit out of context. It also read as if I wanted him sacked, um, which I'll apologise for because uh, <laughs> clearly, grammatically, uh, I made a slight error. I don't want him out. It's just that Nuno Large was out in in presence. It felt like it felt like the spirit of Nuno had taken over his body and decided to to set the team up in such a way. Um, which I'm slightly disappointed about, to be honest. But you can't you can't argue with three points, can you? You really can't. It was important to keep that winning momentum going. You look at some of the fixtures that are going to be happening this weekend, and um, it was important to get those two wins because we win against Leeds on Friday night, and we're we're sort of back in the race for fourth to a degree. You fancy Liverpool to beat Arsenal this evening? Um, that gives them two games of advantage on us. But well, I think we're still in the hunt with a as as an outside chance. Do you feel do you still feel like we're in the hunt for fourth time or long shot? Um, I I kind of seesaw between definitely in it and long shot. I mean, I think the more I think about it, I would I would take the the Europa Conference place going for four. As I said, it could happen, but I don't like to hedge my bets when it comes to hoping that results go our way. You know, we can do all we can and get as many points as we can. But I do still think if you really, really, truly believe that Wolves can get fourth spot, then every single weekend until the end of the season, not only have you got to support Wolves, but like last week in the WhatsApp chat, I was saying, oh, I'm going to have to back Villa. There's going to be a lot of that going on if we really, truly want to get fourth. It's not only hoping we win games, but that other teams around us lose. And... You know, I'm not I'm not in uh, the business of having a nervous breakdown this side of the year. So um I think I'd take I think I'd take Europa conference spot now. But hey, you know, there's there's always a chance. 
Tom, was that a little little Cheltenham pun in there, hedging your bets during race week? Down Lovely from job. Um, no, I've got I've got racing <laughs> fever. You know, I don't really necessarily want to say how much money I'm down today, so we will just kind of put that to bed now. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. How how can I not? It's not looking great on the um, old horse in front myself. I think it was all in it. It was inevitable that Tiger Roll wasn't going to win today, and that was the only thing keeping my sort of bets alive. But we'll. Uh, jump back to Walls versus Leeds on Friday night. Last time we played Leeds wasn't one of our greatest performances of the season so far, was it? Gully, we drew one all away at Elland Road, but what's your memories of the game? Yeah, I, I was there and it was another frustrating affair um, because we, if all around us, you know how Leeds tend to play. They, they will press the hell out of you. They will run Teams ragged, but we just didn't quite get up to speed within the game, and it was probably one of Adama's worst worst games that he, that he's played. When you when you think about the approach that they took under Bielsa, going one v one all over the pitch, Adama Traore should be having a field day in that kind of environment. But he just is. I think it's the one game this season where he's not actually taken a man on, which is incredible when you think about it and you think about his his abilities on the ball. Um, and I think if, if he'd have had a good game, it probably would have opened it up entirely, and we'd have had a, we'd have, we'd have gone on to win it. But instead, we just couldn't get out, and uh, they pressed us back towards the end. And yeah, soft penalty to a certain extent, but yeah, we were under pressure for a large part of that second half as well. Uh, Huang actually put us in front that day uh, early in the game. He was in a bit of decent form at the time. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Joe Gelhar won the penalty later on, which Rodrigo uh, put that penalty away. Tom, do you feel like we've we've changed a lot since that period of the season or do you fancy the same sort of game running out again? Well, I mean, when you look at those stats and if you showed that to someone who didn't really know anything about how any Premier League team plays... The statistics look like we were lucky to get a draw. And, you know, I feel like a draw was a fair result. I think that we're not the same team um, and we don't play the same way as we did then. I think obviously it's all part of this kind of first season, testing the waters, seeing the right way to, to set out against certain teams. And we just didn't do that in the right way on, on that day. Um as you said, Leeds pushed us back massively. I mean, the optimist in me says that we now have a bit more of an understanding or the the players have a bit more of an understanding and Bruno has a bit more of an understanding of how the players work to see out games. And yeah, who knows, maybe in the way that we're playing now and the mentality that we have and and the kind of tricks that Bruno's obviously got up his sleeve, which he was able to to deliver after halftime at the Everton game, if we were to go back to Alan Rhodes now, then yeah, I, I, I would say that, yeah, m- my head's telling me that that we would be able to see it out um, for sure. Going into the game on, on Friday night, both teams coming on coming off the back of uh, wins, uh, Leeds beating Norwich 2-1 at home. Did you guys see any of the actual game between Leeds and Norwich? Now, all, all I saw was the clip at the end where it looked like, you know, um, 
they'd won the Champions League or something with that with that um, with that goal at the end. I mean, winning two one with a last minute goal against Norwich at home. It look with all due respect, it's nothing to really shout and scream about. But I guess in the context of Leeds, they'd had such a crap run of form that obviously that was a huge release. And we're both coming off the back of wins, but I just think that we are the informed team. Um, Leeds have been absolutely drubbed since mid-January, even before that. They've they've conceded lots and lots of goals. So you would like to think that at Molyneux on a Friday night with the fans behind us, we will hopefully kind of dispatch them, really. What's your opinions on uh, Leeds' recent form? I mean, it's a bad... Uh, conceding uh, tally they've got, isn't it? I think they're averaging three goals to concede a game at the moment in the last five, Gully. Yeah, it's... Um, it. I think, to a certain extent, it was always kind of going to come if, if if everyone kind of follows the the travails of Bielsa teams, they always seem to have this incredible peak and things just tend to bomb towards the end of you know a, a cycle where his players just kind of probably can't can't keep keep maintain the standards that he wants them to. Um uh I mean yeah, it, it was it was thrilling to watch at times. I still think about um that game where they played uh, Man United. They were two 0 down, I think, at half time, pulled it back to two two within minutes, and then still went on to lose the game. And that was just like leads in an absolute nutshell. Now, I I don't necessarily expect them to be that way with Jesse Marsh at the helm. Um, and I think even the game against... Uh, who did they play? Prior to Villa, so it was on, that, it was on their Leicester. It was Leicester, wasn't it? Um, yeah, Leicester. They 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 were really, really quite, quite good against Leicester and were unfortunate to kind of come away without any points in it. So there probably will be a bit more of a tidy team. But ultimately... I think the quality within their ranks is championship level for the for the most part. You know, he's he's Bielsa's real genius was lifting the levels of, of players like Stuart Dallas, like Luke Ayling, like Liam Cooper to perform at Premier League level, and they will regress to the mean at some point. And I think that's what started to happen towards the end of his reign. And I don't see someone like Jesse Marsh coming in and and really keeping them at the levels that they've displayed previous to that. If you have a look uh, quickly on screen, their uh, lineup at home to Norwich on um, Saturday. It was important for them to get Patrick Bamford back, wasn't it? I feel like Bielsa fell into a bit of um unlucky sort of uh, situation, like we did losing Jimenez last season. But they've got that focal point again now. And how key do you think Bamford will be in the game Friday, Tom? Yeah, I think um, he'll be a real test for our defence. Um, you know, I think if you think about it over the past couple of seasons, Bamford has been up there with, you know, the the eight or ten strikers that that have um, been really, really kind of well, scoring lots of goals. And it will be a real, real test for, for the likes of Kilman and Cody um, if they both start, well, if, if Kilman starts uh, to really kind of keep a lid on him. I would like to think that that we've got that. Our defence is pretty solid and it's pretty sure. But I would be interested to see, actually, with that in mind, you know, who who is going to be starting um, 
to to face that problem that Bamford poses? Is it going to be Bolly? Is it going to be Kilman? Um, but yeah, I mean, um, he could definitely uh, he could definitely score against us on Friday. But as I said, I've, I've got some confidence that that our defence could set up in the right way to to hopefully keep him at bay. I have been listening to a Leeds podcast today and uh, that, that they did sort of reveal that Joel Gelhart was lined up to play for their under-23s this week. But um, that's been cancelled now because they want him fresh for the game on Friday night. They've got the front three of Daniel James, uh, Rodrigo and uh, Bamford. <laughs> who, who out of those three is most likely to, to come out, do you think, Gully? Um, well, I don't know if Gail Hart will be set up for a start, but I think did Bamford come off at half time in, in the Alaska at Norwich? Um, yeah, he had 45 minutes, was apparently the plan because of how long he's been out of sort of starting lineups. Yeah, you wonder if maybe that's their plan again. Um, and, and they can give it give each of them 45. I, I've not been massively impressed by Rodrigo uh, since he came to the club, to be honest. So you wonder if his place is under threat anyway. Um, he's obviously the senior player as opposed to Gelhart, but Dan James offers a, a bit of a threat with his pace. Rafinha, to me, is is top six quality. I think he's an unbelievable player. So really, it's Rodrigo's the odd one out there because Bamford is so important to them. So if, if Gelhart comes in, and, and again, real impact when he came on against us in uh, in the away fixture. So um, not looking forward to, to playing him if he does start. That time of the show where everyone uh, has to tilt their head for a few seconds. I'm not sure about you guys, but my favourite formation for a football team to play is a 4-2-3-1. Um, do you expect us to go back to um, three up front on Friday, uh, Tom? Yeah, I mean, it could definitely happen. Um, I think that I, I think that the three up front offers a lot and. You know, if we think about how we set up against um, Watford, I think that I, I would keep it at that same kind of that same kind of system. I think that it will be Raul. I think it will be Wang, and I think it will be Podence. Um, I would like to see Neto start, but maybe it's still not the time. I know that on the last podcast I was on, I said I'd like to see him start, and I'd like to see him get a really, really decent amount of minutes. But I think maybe in this game with Leeds going full throttle as they do with the kind of rock and roll football, it might change under Jesse Marsh. But, you know, it might be good to have Neto as an option coming off the bench when the legs are getting a bit tired um, to really make an impact. According to the Leeds podcast that I listened to earlier, they did say Luke Elling had a, quite a good game on Saturday at, at home to Norwich. But like Tom, Tom just mentioned there, Gully. Uh, ideally, you'd like Pedro Neto running at Luke Ailey, wouldn't you, if he can get over this uh, impact injury that he had uh, before Everton? Yeah, I think he's a, Luke Ailey's a decent fullback, to be fair. Um, the, the, the troubles seem to come when he's, he's had to fill in at centre-half. Um, so if he, is a, if he is a fullback, they'll probably be better set defensively. But I just think, well, I mean, we don't really know what's happened with Huang um, off the back of him coming off against Everton, do we? So that could tell a story um, with regards to how Bruno wants to set up. I don't see the front two working in any other way, really. I know Pedence came on and did well against Everton, but ideally you wouldn't have a front two with Pedence and Jimenez. I, I just think you need an extra player up there because of Pedence's style. He's not going to necessarily make runs in behind and stuff. Um, 
But with that in mind, if you've got Neto available, I think this is a decent opportunity to throw him. And he's already started him against Crystal Palace. Wasn't I don't think it was necessarily the smartest thing to do. But um, if he was willing to start him in that game, I don't see why I wouldn't start him uh, this this coming Friday. The biggest conundrum that we've got as a, a club at the moment, Villa is the game uh, next after Leeds and Ruben Neves is still on uh, one booking away from getting a suspension. Any of you think we should rest him against Leeds on Friday? I mean, you know, that it's an option and... Actually, if I'm thinking about it now, if, who, if 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 Neves had to start against either Leeds or or Villa, I think that I would probably choose Neves to start against Villa. I think that Villa probably posed more of a threat, particularly with the new acquisitions that they got in January, and we would want you know our best centre midfielder there and present. But you know that it, it, it's hypotheticals. Neves could play against Leeds, have a great game, not not put a foot wrong, not get a yellow card and be able to play against Villa. So, you know, if 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 Bruno's feeling particularly cautious and he has every right to considering the kind of fragile situation we're in, teetering on the edge of of, you know, as as you said, top four or five or sixth place in the league, then then it might be a decision he makes. But yeah, the question it begs the question, you know, who who would take his place? And I don't know, if maybe Cundall could do that. Um uh, it is an interesting one, sure. It would just be Bruno to to do that because I mean I tweeted an entire thread before the West Ham game about how Pedence was undroppable, and then he dropped him. <laughs> and I made a video all about Ruben Neves last night and and how excellent he's been over the last couple of games in particular. So yeah, right on cue, Bruno will no doubt drop Ruben Neves this week because he's uh, he's a bit tired or he's in the red zone or something like that. There's a few remaining games left of uh, game week 29 this week in, in the Premier League at half-time. Uh, Spurs beating Brighton 1-0, which isn't uh, great for us. We all drop uh, back down a place. If you have a quick look at the league table and the fixtures for this weekend, Wolves at Leeds at uh, Friday night, followed by Villa versus Arsenal at midday on Saturday, Leicester versus Brentford and Tottenham versus West Ham on Sunday at 2 o'clock. You look at those two fixtures there, Arsenal away to Aston Villa and Tottenham at home to West Ham. There is points for us to gain on those sides around us. So it really is a an important game, isn't it, on Friday, Gully? It is. It is. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of enjoying the fact that we're still in, in the hunt for something, though, uh, after last season especially. It's just nice to see that. I mean, it feels like, the the end of the season is nigh and, and like it's flown by. Uh, I, I don't know where the time's gone. Um, you know, to think that Bruno's kind of all, almost about to complete a full season at the helm, it still feels like there's so much more to to come, and and he's got a lot more to offer. And you know, you just feel for him not having kind of a fully fit squad available to him throughout the season because uh, he's, he's he's shown he's so capable at this level. But yeah, it, I mean. That West Ham Spurs fixture, yeah, I I don't think you're you're too disappointed if West Ham win that one, really, are you? Based on the games in hand and stuff, um, especially if we pick up points against Leeds and then that leaves Tottenham um, with a bit of daylight to catch up on us. Um, so yeah, maybe that's what what we should be gunning for there. Uh, but 
any Tottenham team could turn up at the moment and you don't know what result you're going to get with them. Do you fancy Villa to beat Arsenal Tom, on Saturday uh, lunchtime? It, it, it could happen. I mean, Arsenal have, Arsenal have come on this season. I think that they've gone about their business in a really, really tidy way. I mean, look, they've had five wins um, previous in their previous matches. Odegaard's playing out of his skin. Saka's playing really well. They look really organised. So, look, it could happen. I think Aston Villa have shown large parts of, of, of play in recent games that, that they are that they can do the business. And obviously with Coutinho in your team, then there's always going to be that stroke of magic. Um, being able to get... Who was it who, who, who had that mad outside of the football to Coutinho? Callum Chambers, wasn't it? I don't think Callum Chambers has ever done that before in his life. But with a team like Coutinho, it can... With a team that has Coutinho in it, it can lift those players who quite frankly, a bang average and, and and maybe kind of, you know, shore up the quality and get results. But I think if you had to put a gun to my head, Arsenal winning that game um, at midday on Saturday, um, unfortunately for us, because we would need them to, to ideally not do that. But I, I can't see another result really at the moment. It's quite, quite that funny, I think. pretty ridiculous, wasn't it? That Callum Chambers assist. You know my opinions on um, on Barcelona Gully, but that was very similar to the Dani Alves Lionel Messi uh, goal a few years back, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And you can only appreciate that, that kind of quality, can't you, Dan? You can. I mean, it's a bit like Man United in the 90s, Barcelona, they, they were nice to watch a few years ago, but obviously not anymore. I I, uh, I I have to say I can't I, I can't resist the opportunity to have a little dig at Villa just because I mean I'm, I'm about to go and play with a bunch of Villa fans actually um, when we finish up here and I always hear them being spoken about in glowing terms we've heard all about Coutinho arriving and you know, getting a little bit of a run of form together and all this has happened and like we're looking in our rearview mirror and they're kind of still out in the distance a little bit aren't they and you just wonder like. Why, why, why do they keep piping up as if they're like on our shoulders, ready to kind of take back their position as kings of the Midlands or whatever it is? I, 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 just, I don't understand where these delusions of grandeur are coming from. There's a long way to go for them to. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like I'm a teacher, and lots of my students are Villa fans, and they just bang on about Coutinho all the time, like he's the next messiah. But I don't know if you boys agree, but if Coutinho joins our squads and our system. He he makes our team way better. I I think that, that Villa have still got a long way to go in regards to the eleven players that they field week in week out. And I think you're right, Gully. Like they are far off in the distance. And even though Coutinho has been really special and has not put a foot wrong since he signed for the club, overall they've still got a long way to go. If if you've got players playing well but your team isn't doing well, that's not good for me like if he's having to play out of his skin and they're still not picking up results mm. then there's clearly a problem chambers outside of the foot or no chambers outside of the foot exactly <laughs> exactly yeah i feel like it's going to be a tasty one on friday night obviously it's a massive game for for leeds in their battle to avoid relegation three thousand leads coming down to uh molyneux for the evening uh there was a bit of trouble trouble at ellen Road earlier on in the season but you look at that league table, four points in front of Watford. This will be um, a game in under theirs that they'll be giving Watford. So 
it, it really is a massive game for them. But you look at that league table, is there, is there anyone other than Everton that you can see joining Burnley and Norwich? For me personally, I think it's now it's a, it's it's those four four teams. If Leeds, if we beat Leeds on the week uh, um, on Friday night, and and they continue to have a, another couple of bad games, and and Everton pick up, and maybe you know Watford or Burnley get a couple of good results, then sh- they're in it. But I think right now it's it's really really those four clubs, and you know the way that Everton are playing, and just the media spectacle Everton going down. I think it's really going to put pressure on those players, more pressure on the Everton players than those Watford players. I think, I can't see Leeds going down. I think that they've still got enough in them uh, to see this through. But, you know, granted, there'll be a huge amount of reorganisation that has to happen in the summer. Um, But at the moment, I think it's those four teams that really should be worrying. Norwich are done. Norwich are dead in the water, I think. But but Burnley, Watford, Everton—it's—it's it's really you know a battle with those three three teams. Strange, strangely, I feel like Burnley and Everton being there with the games in hand, you could almost trust Burnley to pick up points with their game in hand more than you could Everton at the moment. Everton just look look like an absolute shower. Burnley are Burnley; they're not a brilliant side. They'll never be full of quality, but you know they'll pick up a result here or there. Whereas Everton just look like one of the most incompetent teams I've seen in ages, especially at this level. They're just terrible. <laughs> were you, as same as me, as surprised as how bad Everton really were? Because when I watched the, get their game against Man City, they were, they were pretty decent. They gave Man City a good game. It's, it's, it's that whole thing, though, isn't it, where teams get themselves up for bigger fixtures and things and... Yeah, you know, I always think the sign of a bad team is when every player that goes to press the ball is like a second late, and you saw it in the second half against us, where we've never been we've never been a possession side really, like we never you know topped fifty five percent max probably looking at in terms of if we were going to play a game against a team where we dominate the ball to an extent, and we just looked like we could have kept the ball until sunset like that day sunrise the next morning even like it, it was just an absolute joke how easy our midfield found it to just play around them what about you tom yeah no i think put it this way i mean everton i i agree completely with gullies he's he's hit the nail on the head i think that they are at a real, real crisis point, and Lampard is scratching his head as what to do with those players. It's like it's like a botched plastic surgery job. All of this money been pumped into the club, and all they're left with is a mixture of all of these different players that have been signed by lots of different managers who have all had different ideas of what that what system they and philosophy they're going to play. And they're all looking around at each other. And I don't really think that necessarily anyone who has an influence on that first team knows what to do next. And I was was having a chat with my friends last night about if Everton Everton do go down, who stays? Who stays at that club? Does Pickford stay? You know, that's a serious question. Who Who in the Premier League really is desperate for a new keeper? I mean, the only real teams I can think of are Newcastle, but that's not going to happen. And if that does, then that would be a shocking signing. Or Brighton, 
like those are the two teams I can think. So I, I think that, that if Everton go down, it will be a really interesting summer for that club, seeing who stays, seeing who goes. And I'm all for it, man. I'll sit there, you know, yeah. and, and see how it how it turns out. I love that um, analogy, a botched plastic surgery. Like They went in for a Brazilian butt lift and they came out with some like mega tits or something like <laughs> Totally wrong end of the stick. But, but you've you got to think that the players who are taking this club down, not one of them is going to have a good reputation at the end of this. Like, and and which, which managers are going to go in and try and take them off their hands? Like, you, you are going to have to give me a proper sales pitch if you're saying, if you're trying to sell me, I don't know, Abdullah Dukure after what he's played like this season. Like, come on, you're going to need a genius marketer for that. Yeah, agreed. I think like, there's only really the Richarlison who sort of came out the game on, on Sunday with a, a little bit of credit. He did, he did sort of work tirelessly with his runs in behind. But like you just said, there isn't really anyone that Everton squad that screams out. If they sell him, if they get relegated, they're going to get decent money back. Anthony Gordon's the one they probably have to keep just because he's a local lad and that can kind of build a team around him maybe. But but realistically, um, he's he's almost the one prize asset that they've got as well. Him and Richarlison, you know, I don't know, I don't know maybe. I, I still think someone like Ben Godfrey's probably a decent player. But, it, yeah, it's just, you're, you're clutching at straws, really. Yeah, I, I agree, I think. You know, but if if that is the case and they go down, they go right. Gordon is our focal point. Let's build a team around him. Just think about you know actually the 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 mentality of the people at the top of the club five years ago saying let's put so much money into this team that we force ourselves into the top five, top six to then be a championship club who are actually now focusing all of their football around a local lads. That they have hardly that they you know that they've just brought brought up themselves. Um, it's it's an interesting one, and if I'm if I'm an Everton fan right now, I'm 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 stressed for sure. You should you shouldn't be allowed to make mistakes to the extent that they have had and survive. Yeah, it just it's not right. It's just not right. I've got no general um, animosity towards Everton, but like you just mentioned, with with their recruitment and how poor it's been over the last however many years and how much they've actually spent. They deserve to go down for that alone, don't they? Yeah, 100%. 100%. It's it's a travesty what they've done in the transfer market and they've gone through directors of football like, you know, go through... Connor Cody goes through packs of squashies. If if you listen to the... um, if you listen to the In The Stiffs podcast, it's it's a really good listen, to be fair. I listened to that in the car on the way to work today. Um, Definitely recommend that. I think it was either Ben Marshall or Andy Lonergan mentioned about Connor Cody's um, not addiction was, but love for squashies. I was, was living I, honestly, with I was never was even aware of what squashies was until that episode. Oh mate, goat dog, goat sweets. No, I know now. I have about a pack yeah. a week now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the best man, the best. Just unreal levels of sugar whilst tasting. If squashes are listening, happy to do a sponsorship. <laughs> um, Sunday, no, sorry, Friday night, Leeds at home. Gully, what's your score prediction? I'm going 2 0 Wolves. I think we, uh, we'd all love a bit of a team and Nuno Large ain't out again. I'll say it again. Do you, do, you, do you believe there's a good chance though? Of what? Of him going conservative. Three five two again. I I 
again. I, I wonder if he wants to make try and make the Jimenez Huang thing work. You know, he's got his little Harry Kane son kind of thing going on there, hasn't he? Trying to trying to make them out to be kind of the pound shot version, but I I don't I don't I don't want that to be the decision making behind it. I want him to go out and, and kind of get on the front foot against them at home. At What's home. your score prediction, Tom? Uh, I, it, it you know I'd, I'd like to go two 0 like Gully, maybe maybe two one if if Bamford is up for it, but. I think 100% we're winning. I think we're winning. I, I really feel confident that, that we'll win. We're at home, um, coming off the back of a couple of really, really solid performances and good wins. So, um, yeah, let's go 2 0 as well. I think it's going to be a tight game on, on Friday night. And I think, because I've, I mentioned earlier, there isn't that many Premier League fixtures this weekend. I feel like there's going to be some sort of like VAR travesty that happens during these fixtures over the weekend because the Premier League need the interactions and without the likes of um, Man United and, and Liverpool playing in the Premier League they need something to draw attention back to the to the league are you, but are you suggesting I think I'm going to go 2-1 be... Wolves um, and I think it's I think and I don't know where this is coming from because this episode for me has been an absolute shambles and I'm all over the place so I'm going to go with that Trinket who's going to score on Friday night that's how reckless yeah. I am being tonight. I don't know <laughs> why. I mean, he had a good chance to get, um, against Everton on um, Sunday, didn't he? Which when uh, Powden's Pal- played, now Fabio Silva played him in, and yeah, he still Ooh, managed to balloon it over the bar. You got to I mean, hit the target there. You got to hit the target. Ridiculous, ridiculous. I, I hate digging him out every week, but he's he's a, he's he's a, as bad as Deli Alev Deli Ali for fraud as a footballer. <laughs> Plenty, yeah. That's harsh on Delhi. I've got to be honest. <laughs> At least Delhi has a track record. You, yeah, to be to be fair. But did you did you see how bad Delhi Ali was on 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 Sunday when he was warming up? He looked that tired. He looked like he'd been up, up all night playing Fortnite. He he had a shocker when he came on, and that foul on Jose's side it was just he was just so frustrated, and it just it was just a bit of a mess, really. Um, yeah, absolutely. But on Friday, did. Did you, both of you boys go to the Wolves Leeds home game in the 03-04 season? Yeah. And do you Alan remember, Smith wonder on goal? Yeah, Alan Smith own goal. And do you remember? Did Paul Robinson like snatch a ball off a ball boy or something and get loads of shit from the South Bank? I can't remember if I'm dreaming about that. Or it was like a different fixture later on, a few years later. But I remember. Just remember always there being lots of drama against Leeds when when I was a younger lad and we played them at home for sure. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Got to be honest. I think I remember Stephanie. I remember Stephanie Everson scoring a couple of goals. Which um, which um, was a surprise. I'm a surprise. I'm echoing like hell. By the way. He's honestly. Honestly. He's he's gone to shit and he's taking us down with him. Is there still a bad echo now? No, you're no. good. You're good. Honestly, shambolic. I'm going to have to have a, a word with the missus about the Wi-Fi. I know you've got to go at a quarter to uh, Golly, so we'll just do a quick quiz and then you can get off. Uh, quiz, as always, sponsored by Pixel Yeti Media. First question this week. Three years ago today, Wolves beat Manchester United 2-1 in the FA Cup quarterfinal. Who out of the below didn't feature in the game? Adama, Helder Costa, or Ivan Cavalero? I'll come to you first, Tom. Oh, 
I'm going Ivan. Ivan Cavallaro. All right. I have zero memory of Adama in this game, so I'm going I'm to go for Adama. The correct answer was Ivan Cavallaro. Adama and Helder both came off the bench that day. I'm not claiming to have Second question. <laughs> Seven years ago tomorrow, we beat Sheffield Wednesday 3-0 at home. Saka scored from the penalty spot, as you can see in the picture above. Benica Fowabane, and who else scored that night? I'll come to you first, Gully. I remember this one. It's a good goal. Uh, James Henry. Uh, Tom? You know what? I was kind of thinking in the back of my mind, was it James Henry? But because Gully's already taken that, I'm going to go for... Jeez, man. Uh, Danny Bat. It was uh, James Henry. We've got two more questions left. Question three is... Obviously, on Sunday, we beat Everton, which was our eighth away win in the Premier League this season. That uh, was our record uh, amount of away wins that we breached on, on Sunday. Our first away win was against Wigan with, with Andy Keogh, scoring the winner that night. But who was our second away win against Gully? Oh, shit. I was, I was gonna. I was, I was hoping you to ask about the Wigan one because I was there and I remember. Andy Andy Keogh gave him one of the best four striking performances I've ever seen. Um, turned Titus Bramble inside out. Um, oh God! Second away win that season. Shit. I'm gonna go like I don't know. I remember us beating West Ham away that season, so I'm just gonna say West Ham. Have you got a guess, Tom? Hey, that's a tough question. I'm going to go away win. I'm going to go Fulham. Everyone knows the Wigan. I, I wouldn't allow you to be on the fan cast if uh, you didn't know Wigan. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm going to go Fulham. The correct answer was Tottenham Hotspur with uh, Kevin Doyle flick oh, off uh, Nelad Milliat's free kick. Oh, yeah, that was the second course. away win. You both got... One point uh, so far going into the last question. The last question is a uh, name the goal scorer and it's just a bit of audio with uh, the picture above. We beat Burnley 3-1 away uh, 14 years ago today. Name the goal scorer. Henry, back here to Foley. Good string challenge again from James O'Connor. Henry under pressure from Lafferty this time goes back to Foley. Ball four, finds the back to play. Tees a real chance the big man and he scored. Back in the side, he's got it past Karai. 14 minutes played, and it's got the goal. Do you know? For the big man. Did, was, the, was the audio clear enough for you guys? Yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 I thought he might have given it away then, at one point, but... Hmm. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm going to go Carl... No, that's too late. Whatever. Carl Court. Uh, I'm going to say the big man, the big man. It was a big man then. <laughs> Shit. Uh, Kevin Coyle. We're Kevin Coyle, was it? No, and I've got no tiebreaker either. The correct answer was say George Olive in Jana. Oh, I was just, I was just thinking that. He was Mate. a big man. He was a big man. He was a big chap. 
Oh, that's done my head in now. You threw <laughs> my even. <laughs> I thought the best, but you've topped it off now. Fucking hell. Sorry, Tom. I need to do obscure audio from obscure fixtures. Like, jeez. I, I had to look at the Wolves 2007-2008 season review and I had to do a, like a, a screen record just to get that audio. Yeah, now, so that's how much effort I put into the podcast for uh, an episode to be as shambolic as this. But guys, thanks for joining me tonight uh, on another match preview episode for the Wolves fancast, a part of the 90min.com network. Hopefully we'll be back on either Saturday or Sunday with a podcast to review hopefully the win over Leeds United. If I don't see you over the weekend, have a good one. <laughs> it would be a Wolves fan, eh? Enjoy all your favourite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.